When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to WBC Central. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, this is going to be such a fun interview. I think pretty much every single one of my listeners knows this man and knows the impact that he's made not only on the WBC, but uh, across international baseball. I am joined here by Mexican national team manager Benji Gill, eight years in the bigs with the Rangers and the Angels, World Series champion 2002, uh, managed the Tomateros in LMP uh, in Mexico, yeah. I believe, to multiple titles, um, and most recently served as the Angels infield coach, and of course, in March, was the Selección Mexicana de Baseball manager. Benji, what an honor it is to talk with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Um, I've, I've followed you uh, for uh, right be- ever since before the WBC. You you, you were actually like almost like a scout for me. I get a lot of information from stuff that you would put out there. Um, and uh, and I just, just want to say thank you. Thank you for helping grow the game. Uh, what you do is, 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 I think, I believe, very impactful, and 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 it's awesome. It's awesome, uh, especially for for the countries that are trying to grow the game. Mm. Um, need more people like you to to do what you do, and I just want to say thank you and appreciate uh, you know all the coverage that you give them the WBC and that you continue to give. So uh, much appreciated. Uh, thank you so much. You, this very kind words. I mean, I. It was such a fun time being able to cover the WBC, but I, I think you're right. It's it's super important to be to help grow baseball in a lot of countries around the world that are either newer to baseball or don't just have quite as uh, many resources. There's a lot of the national teams that that don't really have much coverage um, internationally or in the in the U.S. back in the states. Um, so it's it's been really cool to see the way that not only Mexican baseball has grown since the WBC, but so many countries around the world have uh, as a result of the WBC. Um, so yeah, I wanted to thank you too because it's been that you you played a huge part in that, and we'll talk about your time in the WBC as well. But at first, I wanted to hear how your offseason is going. Uh, I know that the season ended earlier than you had planned, but 
Yeah. Seems like you've had a pretty full offseason already from the MLB manager search to even starting your own podcast to, be, to being mentioned by the uh, Mexican president. So seems yeah. like you haven't had much downtime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's, it's been a busy month and a half. Uh, and, and it's been, but it's, it, we've been able to do some good things. I've been able to do some clinics in a couple of different cities in Mexico and, 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 be able to talk to kids and, and share our experiences and a little bit of, of, of the knowledge that, that we have of, uh, within the game to help inspire them and, and, and help them with some few, few fundamentals. Um, but more than anything to hopefully inspire them to, to pursue, um, if it's baseball, great. Um, uh, it's another sport that's great too. And, and, yeah. and just talk to them about the importance of, of even in baseball, because obviously if they're there, they're baseball players and they want to learn about baseball, but the importance of discipline, the importance of ed- education, um, to being a good student and a good, uh, a good human being. Um, you know, I've talked to them that there's cases sometimes there's a player that's great and, and he, he's very talented, but doesn't fit in well with, with, uh, some of the things that he does off the field. He doesn't fit in well with, uh, an organization and, and, mm-hmm. and how, uh, schooling is very important because, you know, when you get to the big leagues, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're always studying, um, uh, you know, it's things that you like, but you're always studying and, and, and trying to learn, uh, whether it's stuff of, of your own or stuff of your, you know, information about your team or the mm-hmm. opponent. So, um, it's, it's all part of the process. So, uh, it's been well received, so that that's exciting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, I can imagine that. I, I mean, even just thinking back about uh, to my time playing baseball uh, all the way through high school, I remember school wasn't my favorite thing, but it definitely taught me the uh, the skills to be able to study whatever it was in sports. And you, like you said, you're always learning in, in, in baseball. There's always something to study. Um, and so it gives you that opportunity to build kind of build that muscle memory as well as train the, the, the part of you that actually helps you study in school. So it plays yeah, ties and, in together. And like, and like I said, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say most, but there are quite a few student athletes that, that, uh, much, more prefer the athletic part than the student part, but it also develops that discipline of doing things that you don't necessarily want to do, but you mm. understand that you have to do them. And mm. in the, in the long run, they're actually things that you needed because they do teach this discipline and respect. Yeah, absolutely. Benji, I, uh, I wanted to ask you, cause obviously, you know, I love the WBC, but the WBC was not the first time that you got to coach to manage the Mexican national team. So tell us about uh, like what that experience was being asked to manage the Olympic team first. Yeah. So uh, I'll tell you just the, uh, the cliff note uh, version, right? So I was actually <laughs> managing um, a team in, in, uh, in uh, the Mexican summer league. Uh, it was an expansion team, mariachis uh, of Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to get into how or why, but they decided to um, uh, uh, change change managers and GMs. Um, so they contacted me, and I, but I was in the middle of the season, so I was like, "Hey, you know, this is, 
I have my command, I have a commitment to the team. And they said, well, would you be interested? I said, well, I could be interested, but at the same time, my responsibilities and my commitment with the team. So uh, they said, do you mind if we talk to them? They said, I, they said, uh, I said, sure. So they call the front office and they had a good conversation with them. And, and they ended up asking me to manage um, the, the Olympic team. I literally, they called me six weeks before the, the Olympic team started. So wow. it was very late. Everything was very rushed. Uh, it was still in uh, semi-COVID. Mm. So um, it, it was it was difficult. It was um, putting the roster together was, was a little complicated, right? And then you had to get, uh, you couldn't take guys on the 40-man roster. Yeah. You, even the guys that were not in the 40-man roster, you had to get permission. Um, the team itself was made up of a lot of players that played in the Mexican Summer League. And the Mexican Summer League had a rule where they could only, um, not, no one team, um, would, you could take three players from any one team, mm. um, but that's it. And then you had to still get permission from the team in the, in the Mexican Summer League for the, the players that you were asking to take. So, the roster, um, for many different reasons, could have could have been better. And then, right when we uh, got everybody together um, in uh, in Mexico City mm-hmm. uh, to practice for a few days before we took off for Japan for a couple of exhibition games, um, it turns out that a couple of players and the coach got uh, tested positive for COVID, so they shut everything uh. down. We had to be. Uh, uh, Lockdown at the hotel room, and then uh, they canceled our exhibition games in Japan and 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 all kinds of stuff. It was it was it was a a little bit of a a task uh, to say the least, uh, but it was it was a great experience. Um, honestly, I never had even thought about uh, being a part of of the Olympics, but to go to the Olympics and be at the Olympic Village and just see all the athletes and just just even walking around and, and, and because they didn't really let us leave the, the, the Olympic village, you would see people kind of training like in the park, uh, like the triple jumpers or the javelins. They, they tra- practice their technique. It was pretty cool to watch. Um, cool. It, it was really cool. And then just walking around and you're seeing all these athletes and you're just like, man, I mean, there's just tremendous athletes all over the world that we some some sports we don't even know of or don't follow right or not aware of but uh it was it was really really cool yeah that's incredible yeah i mean thinking about my time watching the olympics i i love watching uh, just international sports and so it, i love watching the summer olympics the winter olympics but there's so many of those sports that i do not follow those athletes for the other three yeah. and a half years leading up to the the olympics and yeah. then you hear about like these freak athletes that are just dominating their sport from all across the world it's it must have been pretty cool to see them like in person in the olympic village yeah yeah it was it was outstanding and and uh to be honest um the one thing that i regret and and it was nobody's fault it's just you know it was covid was still uh um around but we weren't allowed to go to any of the other events like when uh, that happened i was so excited i wanted to go and watch 
I, I was excited to go and watch quite a few different events. I mean, I wasn't going to be spending much time um, <laughs> at the hotel room, especially when their bands are made out of cardboard, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, uh, so yeah, I was I was very much looking forward to going and 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 and, uh, and watching a bunch of different uh, events, and unfortunately, we weren't able to. So when you were chosen to be the manager of the Olympic national team, did you already have the WBC on your radar? Um, yes. Uh, when, when, uh, actually when they invited me, um, when they, the first conversation that they had with me after the team had said, um, that I had permission to go to, to the Olympics, I told him like, you know what? Um, I'll go and, and I'll do my very best and I'm excited to do it. And I told him, because it's the same people basically making the decision. I said, what I really want is to manage the WBC. And I think I'm capable of doing it. I think I've earned it. Um, at the time I had managed, um, five seasons in the Mexican winter leagues. Um, that of which we had won four championships out of those five years. Um, and I was in the middle of, uh, or in the, towards the end of, uh, my first year managing in, in, uh, Mexican Summer League, which was with an expansion team and where we ended up finishing in first place. And, and I think had, a, um, I believe we're the highest winning percentage in the history of the league by wow. any team. Um, so I was like, Hey, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it 100%. And it'll be an honor to represent our country and, and, and to go to the Olympics. Um, but for me as, as a manager of baseball, the most significant event, I think worldwide, the most significant event obviously is the Olympics, but for baseball, which is what we do, the WBC is the biggest event outside yeah. of a world series. Um, or that's at least how I viewed it. And, um, and they said, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll honor that. Um, and we believe that if, if you're, if we're choosing you now, um, to represent us at the Olympics, then, then obviously we believe that, that you have, uh, the ability to lead us, um, at an event like, like the WBC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, that's great. That's awesome to hear. I, uh, I I know that the lead up to the WBC, that there were some restrictions put in place when it came to uh, like recruiting players or um, the pitch limits, things like that. What was it like constructing a team, a Mexican national team for the WBC specifically? Um, I, I think it's for, for all all teams. It's, it's complicated because you have to... First, you have to get permission, uh, especially in, in our case. I mean, a lot of the players are of Mexican descent, not necessarily born in Mexico. So there's the whole um, documentation uh, 
part of it, which I don't know all the ins and outs of how what happens or how it happens, but I know it's 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 it's, it's a comp- not complicated, but it's a thorough process, right? Um, but then there's also the situation of guys. Are they going to get permission from the team? Are they going to pass? Um, if they had an injury towards the end of the season, are they, is the insurance going to allow it for them to participate? Which in our case, it ended up happening with, uh, Victor Gonzalez was not able to participate. Yeah. Um, um, Ramon Urias. Ramon Urias was not able at last minute to participate. Munoz, Andres Munoz, Munoz was not able to participate. Um, uh, um, uh, Roberto Suna, uh, wasn't able to participate. There had to be like, uh, this huge, uh, fee that had to be paid for him to, for the insurance to cover him. Um, so, uh, it, it was a little complicated. Uh, and then there was some others that were complicated in just personal situations like, uh, um, uh, Alejandro Kirk. You know, they had their first baby, and he, because of that, he had to report a little late to spring training, and that obviously took time away from him being with uh, with the Blue Jays. And and they were actually they were awesome. We had conversations um, with with Toronto, and they say, hey, you know what? It's not that we don't want him to participate; we want him to go and and have a great time, and and, and he wants to participate, and he wants to represent Mexico. But we also have a season, and, and, and it, you know, we think it's his best interest to get here, get himself ready so that he's able to have a great year. And, uh, and when I called, uh, Alejandro, I mean, he was like, man, I, 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 I want to play. I want to play. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I want to represent Mexico. And, and, uh, and the one thing I did tell him, like, look, man, you represent Mexico every day. Mm-hmm. Um, we know how much you love our country and, and, and every, everything that you do. And then like you inspire little, uh, Mexican kids, uh, every day. So get yourself ready for your season. Um, you're, you're young. You're going to participate in, in other, uh, WBCs. Um, just go have a great year. Enjoy being a dad and making sure that, that, that everybody's good at home. Your baby's fine and your wife is fine and, and folks be. Stay focused on, 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 uh, on getting yourself ready for a great season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's such a great point that, of course, the WBC is the biggest stage to represent your country in baseball, but it's not the only yeah. way. It's not the only way that you can represent Mexico as a Mexican. Like he just being able to play in the big leagues and uh, to play well like that, that's inspiring to a lot of kids in Mexico. So that, that that's really interesting that you had that perspective and and that he took that to heart. Um, I, I've noticed, too. That So, for example, uh, I think it was Adam Jones talking about his experience from the 2013 Team USA team to the 2017 team. In 2013, he said it was kind of thrown together last minute. They had like maybe two, three days before to play together. And it was it was kind of just all over the place. 2017, they actually got some time to bond some time together and uh, to be able to practice and get to know each other. And they ended up winning the WBC. I think anybody that watched the WBC this year noticed that Team Mexico was one of the most cohesive units and families of all of the the national teams in the WBC. What, What did you do 
to help foster that kind of family in the clubhouse? Well, honestly, that was probably um, not our biggest worry. I would uh, that would be incorrect to say that it was um, where we most paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I spoke with the with the our coaching staff, I was like, "We have to bring these guys together, and we have to make them realize what it is they're playing for, and who they're playing for, and what what they can accomplish for." Mexico and for little Mexican kids um, that are in Mexico and that are in the States and other countries, um, they have a great opportunity to, to grow baseball in Mexico and for Mexicans. And um, so from the first day that we got there, um, from the first day that we got there, it was with, with a lot of clarity, is letting them know that how important it was and the responsibility that we had as team Mexico to the Mexican people and um, you know uh, to the players that weren't weren't first generation you know or weren't born in Mexico um, I said Look, think of the sacrifices that, that whether it was your parents or grandparents or great grandparents that came to this country and, and, and probably had a rough journey or a tough time um, you're representing them. That's who you're representing. It's not just you and and the, the people you do tickets for. You're representing a lot of people and, and a lot of people of sacrifices for where you're at today. And uh, you know, and and and, and the coaches communicated that day in and day out um, in some way, shape, or form. And it also helps to have great human beings on the roster, and they just came together. Uh, they understood it. They committed to it. Uh, they understood the responsibility. And, and it, man, it was, you can tell the guys were excited to go to the ballpark every day. And that is just cool. One of the coolest things that you can have is when, when a group, a cohesive group, every single guy was just excited to go to the ballpark, put on the Mexico jersey, and do everything they could to try and win a game. Yeah, I, I think honestly, that was one of the most impactful or, or at least most uh, things that I was most interested in hearing about with the Mexican national team specifically, just because just for, for a little bit of background. So I am Tejano. I'm my parents, Texas, grandparents, Texas, great grandparents, Texas, until it was uh, since it was Mexico. So I am I'm pretty far removed from when my family was actually in Mexico. And yet I still have yeah. Mexican. I'm from Mexican descent. And a lot of my all my mom's family is Mexican. So was it interesting? Like, what did you see the relationships were like between the players on the team that were of Mexican descent, but were American, and the ones that were uh, from Mexico? I tell you, and that's the thing. I mean, it was, it was like I said, we had a great uh, guys. That just some guys like don't speak great English, and some of the guys on the team don't really speak Spanish. But they found a way to respect each other. They understood that they were all there for the same reason and trying to accomplish the same thing. And they just had each other's back. I mean, I remember telling um, the coaching staff, "I was like, hey, man, we got to try and." turn this group of great players into a team in two or three days. And we actually had a nice team dinner where, it was, where everybody kind of hung out and 
got to know each other a little bit, and, and obviously it practices in the in the, in the preseason games as well, right? But yeah. I mean, I think they just they just got it, man. They they were good human beings, good around each other. They were excited to be around each other, and like I said, I mean, I wanted to build a team uh, in, in a few days, and 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 you know, to my surprise, to my pleasant surprise. We ended up building, uh, or they, we helped, they built a family and a family of, of warriors. I said it a few times, they built a family of Aztec warriors that just weren't gonna, uh, go down quietly. That's special, man. It's, it was special to be able to watch. So I can't even imagine being inside the clubhouse, being able to be a part of all of that. Um, and then, even outside of that, from Mexican descent or from Mexico, we had a player on the team that was neither of those. He was not from Mexico originally yeah. and is not of Mexican descent. Yeah. So, and he lit the tournament on fire. Tell us more about Randy Rosarena and what the experience was like with him. So the story, and this this is better that he tell the story at some point when you get him on the podcast, you able to interview him, but. <laughs> It's something along the lines when he defected, he went, it was through Mexico and he made, uh, a, a lot of great friendships and he always said people treated him really good and, 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 and kind of paved the way for him to get to the States. Um, and, uh, uh, got, um, his opportunity to sign and he was just always so grateful to everybody that helped him out in Mexico. Um, on his tough journey to get to the big league, right. To sign and then get to the big league. Uh, and, and, uh, he actually, I think through a video said, Hey, I, I need somebody to grant me citizenship. And being that the Mexican president, um, uh, uh, Lopez Abrador is a great baseball fan. I mean, he's, his passion is baseball. Um, and he was able, they were able to do, uh, everything, whatever was needed to be done and, and gave him Mexican citizenship. And man, he was just excited and so grateful to be able to represent, um, Mexico. And he's, he loves Cuba. He, he loves Cuba. Um, but he wanted to do this for the people that helped him out along the way. And, and I think it showed, right? I mean, the things that the way he played, obviously he, he did great, right? But his commitment the fire with which he played um, was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. He was, uh, you know, if, if, if anybody had to say who who uh, kind of took everybody off their feet in the tournament, obviously Shohei, and then right after Shohei, it was Randy. It had to be Randy. Oh, it was just so much fun to watch the entire tournament with his. I remember I was on the field for, I think it was probably the U.S.-Mexico game, and he runs out with his cowboy boots and his cowboy hat to go shag fly balls. He's just, yeah. he was just so much fun to watch. And I think his impact is, was huge on the field, but probably a lot more in Mexico off the field. It seems like the country uh, has really rallied around him and welcomed him as one of their own. Like not even a week after the WBC, during the WBC, we saw a lot of kids in the Little League crossing their arms just like him or yeah. even like professional Mexican uh, soccer players doing the same. What yeah. what did you notice was the reaction from Mexican fans to him on the team? They love him. They love him. 
Um, they love him. He loves them back, and and it's a match made in heaven. Um, and baseball, Mexican baseball, needed a result like that. Mm. And if you could have ordered somebody um, to do chosen somebody before, and hey, this is what it should look like. It maybe wouldn't have been Randy, but then after you see, it, it's like, man, there's no way anybody can have chosen anybody better. You know, uh, um, and, and it's just, it's awesome. I'm so happy for him because, um, I'll tell you what, I was in Mexico City, uh, uh, here about 10 days ago with him and man, everywhere he goes, I mean, people absolutely love him. I mean, I'm not going to say to, to the degree of, of, of Fernando Valenzuela, but, um, Put it this way, he's one of the probably three most loved baseball players in the history of Mexico or four. Um, and, and, and it's awesome because he's a, he's a, he has, he's a great, he has an infectious personality. He's just a great person. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to the Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. God, it's so special. It was so it was so cool to see. Um, were there any other players that you were you noticed had stepped up as leaders during the WBC or were there any players in particular that impressed you most? Um, I mean, some of the guys I, I already kind of knew, right. Um, uh, like Joey Vanessa, like Manny Barreda, uh, although he was in, uh, a big participant as far as what he did on the field, he's a great leader. Um, I'll tell you what, Austin Barnes uh, was absolutely awesome. Uh, Doogie, uh, Verdugo, Rowdy, Telez, awesome. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, there was so many guys. Uh, Taiwan Walker was just absolutely awesome with everybody. Um, it was just a great group. It, was, it really was. I mean, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, it was just a great group. That's awesome, man. I uh, I wanted to ask also, be, this is kind of a tangent, but I, since you've spent a lot of time coaching in Mexico um, and, and you played in the bigs, you've been able to see baseball in Mexico as well as in the U.S. How would you describe Mexican baseball culture as opposed to other countries? So, for example, Dominican culture, baseball culture is very specific. They have their own style, their flair, same with Puerto Rican culture. What makes Mexican baseball culture specific and special? Like in the stands, in the stands, very passionate front fans. Um, and because there is baseball uh, all year round in Mexico, they have a summer and winter league. Um, you, there's great bonds because you're sometimes your teammates with players that in the winter and then they're, your your rivals in the summer, <laughs> but um, there's so there's a unique camaraderie, and then you have to maybe compete against your best friend, right? So, <laughs> um, so that, that that's a little tough, but um, you know it feeds that competitive nature maybe even more because it's like okay, 
my best friend, but I, I want to beat him, right? <laughs> I want to beat him. I don't want him to have one up on me. You might uh, want to beat him even more because he's your best friend. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, people are very passionate and, you know, with the WBC, it seems like even for the fans, it's, there's, there's even more passion than it was before. Mm. So, um, but yeah, it, I don't think, um, there's as much flair, um, as other countries. Uh, but, but for sure that, that there's, it's very intense. It's very intense and, and, uh, and they get after it and they get after it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, so we're, we're eight months removed from the WBC now, even though it feels like it was in some ways just yesterday, how you've had time to process it now. What does it feel like now, eight months from then, uh, being able to process and think back on that experience? Yeah, it was such a great experience to be a part of that. Um, obviously, obviously with us having success, um, so much more, right? But yeah. um, it's just a great event. I remember, I remember being a player late in the nineties, and we would hear that there was possibly an event like there's a World Cup type event. And at the time, and in the in the mid nineties, I wanted it for it to happen soon because I was an everyday player, and I was like, okay, I can be the shortstop for for the Mexican national team. Um, unfortunately, it didn't happen until two thousand six. I was able to be a part of the team. Um, but I was in a, 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 didn't have a huge role, uh, but th- by that point, but, um, I always just thought that baseball needed an event like that to help grow it in areas where baseball is not, uh, prevalent, right? As a sport. So, um, I thought I, I, I was so excited and, and, and I'm, I'm glad that it's grown and the interest there was in this past uh, uh, WBC, you know, the contract, the TV contract and all that stuff and the amount of fans that went and the passion in which they uh, showed at the ballpark was incredible. I mean, the energy, I had so many different players tell me um, that have played in postseason, some even in World Series saying, hey, this this is like more pressure. This is more fun. It, it's, um, and I was like, wow. I mean, for, for, for some of the people that told me that this was, uh, even if they even said that it was on par with the, with the world series, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard a podcast that you did earlier in the year, probably following the WBC that you talked about Andy Pettit and a quote that you said, yeah. He mentioned that he was a part of all of these different Red Sox Yankees games in the postseason. And yet that experience in the Venezuela US game was like more electric than anything he had experienced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we, we had already been beaten Puerto Rico and then they played Venezuela. The next morning, there was a meeting um, where the pitching coaches and, and, and managers and GMs were at because the pitching rules were changing a little bit for the semifinals, right? Um, and, uh, and I was like, man, how was that? Yesterday? He goes, that was incredible. Nothing I've ever lived like. I've never lived with something like that before. And I was like, I'm like, I'm like, the only thing I can maybe compare it to is the Yankees Red Sox postseason. He goes, I've been a part of a few of those. He goes, it wasn't like last night. He goes, that was, he goes, I, that was the most energy and loudest, most energetic, uh, game I've ever been a part of. And I was like, Dang, I was like, that's, 
Those are strong words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially for someone who's been a part of such big games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, what hasn't he pitched in? You know, he's pitched in every game possible in, in some of the greatest ballparks in the history of a game. I mean, and, and so that that was cool to hear. You know, that was really cool to hear. Yeah, I love it. Did you, what was the, um, which atmosphere was more electric in, in your experience, the USA-Mexico game or the Mexico-Japan game? Uh, for me, I like the, <laughs> I like, I like the, the Mexico-US game, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for, 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 for obvious reasons, right? We won, we got out to a great start. Um, there was a ton of energy. There was so many Mexican fans at the ballpark. Um, and I think the, I guess when you would, where the biggest difference was because even the Puerto Rico game, I mean, it was great energy and then the Mexican game. But in the U.S. game, the reason why I believe that that was the most is because there was anticipation to the game. Mm. I mean, the game had been sold out for almost a month. Um, I remember having conversations with, with Mike Trout uh, in spring training about the game uh, with different coaches and, 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 and players about the game. I heard, you know, I would hear uh, uh, Trouty and, and, and Patrick Sandoval talking. Uh, I heard after I heard, you know, the other players on different teams that were teammates with their team kind of, not, not, not going at each other, but we're like, hey, we're going to win. No, we're going to win. We're going to get you. We always get you. <laughs> um, so stuff like that yeah. because there was lead up to it, right? I mean, at the end of the day, before we played Puerto Rico, we knew two days before we were playing Puerto Rico. When we played Japan, you know, we didn't know. You know, we knew that we would have Japan as uh, – we'd face them in the semifinal if we beat Puerto Rico, but mm -hmm. you can't be thinking about, you can't, there's no way you can be thinking about somebody else and, and face Puerto Rico and beat a team like that. So, mm. um, it, it, but with the, with the U S game, I mean, we knew we were playing the U S, uh, back almost a year early or, yeah. or like whatever it was, October and, you know, had, you have family and friends saying, Hey, we're going to be at that game and we're going to the game. And you know, it's, it's just the, the anticipation is, is, it's cool. It's really cool for, because it's, it's an event, right? It, that, that, that one game is really like an event. Yeah. And Benji, we were uh, talking about the USA Mexico game. Uh, it was a lot, honestly, like a, like a US Mexico game in the US, but in soccer where it's more yeah. Mexican fans than U.S. fans, even though it's in the U.S. So that was yeah. pretty fun to see. But uh, there were a couple huge home runs, the very like big moments for Mexico in the WBC, a couple that stick out to me. Was there one that sticks out to you or that was that your what was your favorite in the WBC from like both of Joy Manessa's home runs against USA or like Luis Urias's against Roki Sasaki in Japan? I would say, I would say the 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 Urias against Roki, and then the Joey against uh, Singer, mm. uh, and also, which if I won't get a lot of, uh, um, you know, hype, you know, uh, 
hype, but the home run the parade is hit against Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. That kind of gut said, hey, we, we can do this, right? So I would say those three um, for different reasons. One to take the lead, the other one to expand the game, and the other one to give us, you know, get us kind of back in the game as far as uh, spirit-wise, right? Yeah. Um, I think the whole team was like, yeah, you know, you know, we're not giving up. We're going to come back. We're going to come back. And all of a sudden, boom, home run. Uh, and then there was great defensive plays. And then, then all of a sudden we, we, we rally up again. So, um, yeah, those three for sure. Yeah. I think that Luis Urias one just, it just gave me so many chills because everyone <laughs> leading up to the WBC was just talking about how incredible Roki Sasaki was well, like a generational talent. So to see him knock that three run home run into the uh, left field bleachers was, was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. And it was like, I mean, honestly, if, if, you know, if, if you ask people in Vegas, I guess the betting public, um, what are the chances that Mexico is going to lead the game um, through five innings with Roki Sasaki starting and and uh, and and, uh, uh, and and you know order to follow? No, it's like no, how right? <laughs> and, and because you can't even say errors because they don't make errors. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it, it was like I I don't see how. But it was, it was, it was awesome, man. Uh, what a great game. I love it. Yeah. So real quick, moving on to 2026, we're, st- we're still far away from it. We still got a couple of yeah. years. What are, what are you expecting, um, to see from the Mexican national team going into 2026? Do you want to be a part of it? Are you planning ahead and starting to already think about the tournament? Um, yeah, I've been thinking about the tournament the day after, right? Um, and and even when we're across players that uh, I think they may be Mexican, um, even throughout this season, I'd have conversations. Uh, I'd have conversations um, with some of those guys. But I, I will say this. Um, I, I, I love the WBC, and I would love to be – uh, the manager for Mexico again and again and again and again and again. Um, I also hope that I don't have the opportunity to because I'm a manager in the big leagues, yeah. right? And my biggest hope is that if I'm not the manager in 2026, it's, it's because of that reason yeah. and, and none other, right? So, uh, but yeah, it, it, it was a great honor. Um, and if it's me again, it would be a, a, a tremendous honor again. If it's not, if I'm not there, um, hopefully it is for that reason. Yeah. And, and I'll be, uh, I'll be wearing my Mexico jersey, uh, every time they play. And hopefully, you know, obviously it's during spring training and, and hopefully they play somewhere where it's close and I can right after the game, right after the game that I'm, I'm uh, the team that I'm with, I can, jump on a plane, go watch a game and then fly back or I don't know, maybe some some uh uh very, very wealthy Mexican fan can maybe fly me out there and uh get there, go to the game and then fly back. Oh, I'm I'm sure you can find some fan that's willing to show, uh, give you the money after the performance that y'all had in, this year in 2023. So just as a thank you for what you did. So I'm sure yeah, you can. I would I mean well that would be something very cool. I mean uh uh to be in the stand, I mean, to be in the stand 
uh, as as just another fan, right? Like, like to experience it with the fans. Yeah, that would be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So real quick to talk about how your manager interviewing, how that search has been for you on your end. Um, it was great. I mean, it was obviously some anticipation, right? And, 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 and butterflies and stuff. But uh, I was able to interview for the Padres and it was awesome. I, I had a great time doing it. Um, learned a lot. Um, met met quite a few people in the Padres organization that I was um extremely happy to have met um and i i enjoyed it i i think it was it was a lot of fun to uh to go through the process and meet all the people and and to answer the questions and and they challenge your your thought process and everything else so it's very very cool to do that yeah i can imagine it was pretty rewarding just to be able to interview after all of these years managing yeah. in two different countries well in in Mexico and then coaching for the Angels and being able to play yourself, that's that's a pretty cool experience to be able to j- just interview, let alone uh, get a role as a manager. So you, we are, I mean, you know, you have my full support. If I had my choice of Padres manager, it would yeah. be Benji Gill. So, <laughs> well, thank you, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, it would it would be very very special to me. Um, you know. I was born in Tijuana, grew up um, on both sides of the border, really, uh, between National City, Chula Vista, and Tijuana. Um, uh, it, it would it would be absolutely awesome to be able to manage that team, and, and I think they have a roster that I could identify with um, pretty well. Um, uh, I think I'm a pretty good communicator, and 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 it's a little different communicating in, in the same language. Right. And understanding the culture and having, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that that could be of, of help. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I would be uh, over the moon if I got that opportunity and and be excited to get to work immediately and, and, and try and try and bring a World Series championship to San Diego, which uh, they've longed for that for a very long time. So uh, uh, I hope I'm able to be a part of, uh, of bringing that World Series home. And this is a really fun uh, young group of players on the Padres, too. So that would be a really fun yeah. time to be their manager. But, I mean, like I said, you have my full support. I'm I'm praying Thank for you. you and your family and excited to see what comes next in your your next chapter in your baseball journey. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, this has Thank been you. an absolute blast and such an honor to be able to talk with you. Um, so, I guess, tell us what's next or if there's anything that you'd like to plug, maybe your podcast or, or anything you want to share. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just, uh, it, it's basically the, for people to get to know some of the players, right, that were on the team and um, also some of other people that are, that are uh, prevalent for maybe celebrities in Mexico and just talk. It's also to motivate kids, right, to, to guys to tell their story of, of their childhood and and like when they the day they got to the big leagues, or or like um, you know the day they accomplished you know winning a world title as a boxer, or you know stuff. It's going to be a lot of different people, not just baseball. Um, and, and just hopefully it'll be motivating the kids and, and exciting to get to know some of uh, their sports heroes um, from a different from a different angle at a, at a lighter light. And, uh, you know, different lines. So, um, 
Yeah. And it's just me, basically. It's cool because I get to hear stories from people that I've known and some stuff that I never knew uh, about them, right? Um, And obviously, the people that aren't in baseball and the ones that are uh, in baseball or were on the national team, like, I'm excited to hear, like, what were they – what were, what were they going through? What were the feeling during the WBC, the game against the U.S. and the game against Puerto Rico and the game against Japan? Especially, I mean, the other ones as well, but especially those three or what they felt after the Columbia game, you know, where uh, yeah, I, I'm, were they, uh, you know, kind of down on team or what? So, um, you know, those conversations are, are, are I think, interesting and, and fun to have. Oh, that's super exciting. And I'll be tuning in. So I'm excited to hear the conversations well, that you, you have and, and the guests that you have on there. Um, but yeah, I thank you again so much for coming on. One final question. If you could okay. pick one player that was not on the team, the Team Mexico in 2023, to join the Mexican national team in 2026, who would you choose? Ooh. Well, there's, there's, there's some big prospects. Right, there's some big prospects that are coming that are, are Mexican, Marcelo Myers, um, uh, you know, yeah. out. Um, um, uh, I'd say one of the relievers. I'd say uh, uh, Andres Munoz or or Roberto Tuna. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can I pick them as one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two-headed monster, right? One, one monster, two-headed. Hey, monster. there you yeah. go. You throw one in the uh, yeah. eighth and one in the ninth. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to have been able to do that, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and and they're both such great pitchers. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's, they're both awesome. Great, I love it, man. I'll end our podcast with a quote that you had in the press conference after the Japan game. You said. These two weeks in the WBC are going to attract so many young players in Mexico and Mexicans that live abroad. For that reason, I believe that this was a victory, even though we didn't win today. And I think that it's just so cool that you got to be a part of that, that you get to impact generations of Mexican baseball fans that watched the WBC. And um, it was such an honor to be able to see you um, with the team and to impact uh, Mexico for uh, for generations. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. And uh, blessings and good luck with the podcast the rest of the year. Thank you so much. Thank you again for coming on. This is amazing. Take care. Take care. Take care.